For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. From Hebrews 12. The word of God is alive and active. It's sharp. And so today, as we continue our series in the Bible, we're going to talk about reading the Bible in context. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, this morning, we ask that you can do what only you can do. Only you can change our hearts. Only you can lead us towards you. Only you can give us the faith that we need for you to change us. And so, God, I ask today... uh, that you would help me as I speak, that your Holy Spirit would fill me and would fill all of us so that we could be empowered to live our lives on your mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Who owns a sword? Sweet. Tim, yeah, I know Tim does. It doesn't matter if I have a sharp sword if I can't hit the target. It doesn't matter how sharp it is if I'm flailing around like a crazy person. So I've got a fun story to tell you. I'm getting ready for this sermon. And, of course, it involves a sword. So there's a sword. Oh, cool. Yeah. uh So I text our family life pastor, Tim. Say, hey, Tim, I need a sword. And we go back and forth on that a little bit. Turns out he doesn't have any two-edged swords. Come on, Tim. But he has a sword he could bring. And so then I say, Tim, can you bring an apple? And I'm going to need you to hold it on your head on stage. (laughs) Tim appeared in the text message. It's hard to tell exact emotions from a text message thread, but Tim appeared concerned (laughs) about this current development. I don't know why. And Tim is trying to kind of wheedle some information out of me. He's like joking, ha, 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 ha. And I keep sending back very serious text messages. No, no, Tim, you need to take one for the team. (laughs) Tim, I promise you, it is very unlikely I would do anything that would permanently hurt you. Unlikely. He noticed those, those sort of weasel remarks in there. And... So we, 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 keep, we continue this for a little bit. I'm like, okay, Tim, would it make you feel better if you could just, instead of on your head, hold it in your hand? I said, but not your good hand. <laughs> He's still concerned for some reason. Like, I'm a good boss. Like, you know, I'm, I'm considering his feelings. The problem here is, is that Tim didn't have the context of what I was planning on doing. Because in my head, and I've actually changed this illustration since all this happened. Originally, I was thinking, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to use a Bible, because I'll have the sword up here, and we'll we'll show off the sword, and then I'll I'll use a Bible to make my point. You'll see what I'm going to do in a little bit anyway. But Tim didn't have that context, because I didn't give it to him. Instead, he had a pretext. 
Eric is going to attack me with a sword at an apple on my person, and I don't think Eric's that good with a sword. <laughs> Please. He has his context. I have my context. I would love to swing a sword at Tim. I would, but I have to consider the context of, of everything here, the context of insurance costs. I just resubmitted our workers' comp insurance for the church. I don't think they would appreciate actual swords at actual people's heads. I have to consider Alicia killing me. I have to consider how long it takes to get blood out of the carpet. There's some context here that frames how I'm going to make my decisions on what I'm actually going to do. So I'm not going to hit an apple on Tim's head with an actual sword. But Tim, I am going to need you up here for this sermon. I am. So we're talking about the Bible, how it's sharper. Now, I thought this was better for my, in my context. <laughs> in my context... Yeah! You're going to be here for a while, so relax. <laughs> Originally, I was going to attack him with a Bible. <laughs> so, we have to talk about reading Scripture in context, because Scripture is sharper than any two-edged sword. In this case, a lightsaber has a lot of edges. It's all edges. Tim, you've seen the proto-saber video. It's terrifying. I wish I could keep this lit without it making the noise the whole time. Pretend it's lit. That's annoying. Uh, <laughs> so what we're going to talk about up here today, Tim, okay. is three mistakes that we make when we don't read the Bible in context. Are you concerned? Very. You should be. Because it doesn't matter if we have a sharp sword if we miss the target. It doesn't matter that this lightsaber is awesome and sharp. Unfortunately, it's not really sharp. I don't. I wanted the sword. <laughs> so we're going to talk about these three mistakes that we make when we don't read in context. Tim, I don't need you right here. I need you right here where everyone can see what I'm doing the apple up there. And so you could take it down. Tim was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a break from kids' church, and, and now Eric's going to torment him. So here's the thing. When we don't read the Bible in context, the first mistake we make is instead of hitting our target, we hurt others. Let me try that again. Instead of hitting our target, i got to hit the apple. Instead of hitting our target, we hurt others. Make some noise. Huh? Which spot did I miss? Oh, over here? All right. Instead of hitting our target, we hurt others. Scripture taken out of context can cause us to actually damage the faith or even what's going on in somebody else's life with our words. 
we don't understand Scripture, then sometimes we can misappropriate Scripture and we can hurt other people because we tell them that this is what God says when God may have said something to that effect in the Bible, but he didn't mean what you think it meant. Here's my favorite example of this. Proverbs 22.6. Start children off on the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not turn from it. Now, some of you all have been in the same kind of church as I have growing up. And maybe you heard this prayed over someone as a Bible promise. But Lord, you said that if we start children off in the way they should go, that even when they're old, they will not turn from it. So I believe that for my kids. It sounds good. But when you take this scripture and you use it like that, you're actually going to end up hurting someone. You're not going to hit your target. Because Proverbs in context is not a book of Bible promises, but a book of wisdom. It's a principle, not a promise. And when we take the Bible out of context, we can take a lot of things that maybe in wisdom literature are, are things like this, where it's general wisdom for life. Or we could end up in other spots and say, hey, oh wait, this is a promise. And it's actually a promise for Israel and not for you. <laughs> and we could get things out of context. Context is important. Some of you guys were a part of our life groups this last year, which Pastor Craig did a real great job putting together the curriculum with uh, all this stuff from the Bible Project. And you got to learn some of the context of every single book of the Bible. And that equips us to know when we're reading those books what they're actually about and how to read those books. Context is important because we don't want to hurt others because we have misinterpreted Scripture. Instead of hitting our target, if we're not careful, we read the Bible out of context, we can hurt ourselves. You miss and you hurt yourself. Here's my favorite example of this. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That sounds like a good promise, right? Hallelujah. I can. Also, some context here. Paul doesn't say you should, but you can. Whatever situation, whatever circumstance, it's not really talking about that in its context. Because let's say, Pastor Eric, I need to set down my lightsaber here for a minute. I'm not going to hand it to Tim. That would be a grievous mistake. Let's say I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start bench pressing. And you know what? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So I'm going to start off with a mere, I don't know, 200 pounds. <clears throat> Pastor Eric does not weigh 200 pounds. So that would be a, a significant amount over what I weigh. And I have not bench pressed since I was 22, and I am now much older than that. What's going to happen? 
if, this is a big if, I can get it off the bar and get it like in the air, it's not going to stay up there very long. And it's going to come crashing into my chest, <laughs> probably breaking some ribs. Instead of hitting our target, we can hurt ourselves when we do not read Scripture in context. When we don't look at this passage and realize that, wow, Paul's talking about in this whole section how he's been able to live his life for Jesus even though maybe he's poor or in prison or beat up. Well, I can, I can do all things in the context of what Jesus is calling him to do because Jesus gives him the strength to do it even when he's facing pain and suffering. So you have the context, but sometimes we try to take it and make it mean something else. I want this to mean I can bench press. Is the context I can bench press? No, it is not. We can hurt ourselves. And this goes into the same idea as how we hurt others. We can sometimes misread scripture and we can misinterpret a promise. We can, we can go all over left field and end up hurt because then we think God didn't do what he told us he was going to do. And the truth is, God never promised that. And could I flag last week's sermon a little bit for you guys? Because that's why we need to read scripture in community, right? Because in community, people can tell us. And you know, maybe somebody who knows more about that particular book of the Bible, and you can say, hey, you know what, you're saying this, but I, I think, I think, I think, I think that's not quite what it means. Let's look at this together. Context is so important. Lastly, instead of hitting our target, instead of hitting our target, we're not even in the right spot anymore. We end up out of position. We end up out of position for Jesus' mission. When we don't have our context, when we should be right here ready Instead, we're off in left field. We're nowhere near our target because we're not actually interpreting Scripture in the context of the gospel and Jesus' mission. So we think that God is positioning us maybe for a payday. Oh, I've read this Bible promise, and it says if I give this much, I'm going to get tenfold back. The preacher on TV said so, and you're out of position because what God wants you doing is engaging in the gospel and you're swinging at things that have nothing to do with the mission of Jesus. Reading scripture out of context will put you out of position where you need to be for Jesus' mission. See, I could have done it. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> Pastor Tim's a good sport, isn't he? And all you are like, thank God I don't work for the church. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we end up out of position. Jeremiah 29, 11. This is a popular refrigerator verse. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That sounds great. Jeremiah is giving a particular promise to a particular people at a particular time. To Israel in exile. This isn't actually a promise for us. Do you know that sometimes God has a plan and it involves pain? Sometimes God's plan involves not prospering, but sometimes God will take us into into a time of, of suffering and pain and hurt and loss so that he can get us to where we need to be. See, God wants you positioned on Jesus' mission. He wants you positioned to where you can do the most for his kingdom come and his will be done, as it says in the Lord's Prayer. And sometimes that means that God's going to put you somewhere that's not going to seem like this. And so sometimes we end up in these places, these dark, hard, challenging places, and we think, but God, God, you've got to get me out of this. Because you said you have a plan to prosper me and to give me a hope and a future. And you're taking this out of context and you're putting yourself out of position because sometimes in that moment of pain, when you're down and it hurts and it feels like Pastor Eric's hitting you with a lightsaber in the head over and over again, sometimes that is exactly where God wants you so that you can reach someone that only you can reach, so you can love someone that only you can love. When we make the Bible say what we want to hear, we expect the wrong things, and we actually weaken our faith. Instead of hitting our target, we hurt ourselves or we hurt others. Sometimes instead of hitting our target, we end up completely out of position for what Jesus has for our life. Because what you want to be is in the right place at the right time for the right reasons. And so often what we expect of God is is so self-centered that we end up completely out of position because what we want is for God to make us happy. He says we'll have joy. He doesn't promise us we're going to be happy. <laughs> so what's our target? You know, like, Pastor, I can have a lot about what our target is. You know, what, uh... So let's look at the context of this verse. So we read two verses in the book of Hebrews. I'll reread those real quick. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him whom we must give account. Therefore, so here we're going to get some context. The author of Hebrews has written these things about the word of God and how everything in creation is exposed to God's sight. And he says, therefore, since we have a great high priest 
who was ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And this is great talking about the context of Scripture and just what all the things we've talked about because the very part that it ends is that, hey, by the way, all of this is so that we can receive mercy and grace in our time of need, which tells us things aren't always going to be easy. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, fully surrendered to him, and you want to live that life on Jesus' mission, you are going to find that you have times of need. Because in those times of need, God can show you who he is and how he's able to meet all of our needs. So today, what is our target? Our target is to remember that we have a great high priest in Jesus. In Jesus, in his death on the cross and the resurrection, he is the great high priest making the ultimate sacrifice for our forgiveness so that we could have right relationship with God and new life as we believe in Jesus as Lord and God. And because of all that, we're challenged. Our target, our target is to hold firm. Not to waver when we face difficult circumstances. Not to think that somehow if we're facing pain that God has abandoned us. But to hold firm in who God is because he's going to take us through whatever season he puts us into. Because the word of God, it's there and we can read it and we can learn from it in context and community so that we could see all these different circumstances we face are ultimately for Jesus' glory and not ours. So we can hold firm, and even as we hold firm, we can know that Jesus understands how you feel. I know how you feel is a great phrase when, when it's true. There are certain things that you can walk up to someone, you can, and they're facing whatever trial it is, you look at me and say, I, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. I was homeless. I wasn't, but, you know. Um, I know how you feel. I've lost a parent. I know how you feel. I've lost a house. I know how you feel. My kids are crazy, too. I know how you feel. Jesus was empathizes with all of our weaknesses because he was tempted in every way that we are, but he never made a mistake. We face pain. Jesus faced pain. We face loss. Jesus had loss. When we're tempted, Jesus was tempted. And so we can approach God with confidence. If we want to be on target, no matter what we face, we're reading scripture, we've got to realize Whatever we're facing, whatever we're reading, that we don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be broken, but we can approach God with confidence through Jesus because Jesus is that great of a high priest that anything that we could have done wrong, anything that we were broken, that when we come before God, we can do it because Jesus paid everything for us. That one song, we sing it a lot, Jesus paid it all. Sometimes Jesus paid it all, but 
we go before God, we're kind of like, oh, but God, I'm, I'm such a wreck. And God just looks down at you and says, that's my son, that's my daughter, and I love them. And approach God with confidence. And this is what we all need. And this is what reading scripture in context will help you get here. We can approach God with confidence so that we may find mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. 